0: It's July 25th, 2010 and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome back to another episode of The Candid Frame. It's been a while since I posted an episode. A variety of computer and software problems and a full dance card has made it a challenge to get back on a normal schedule, but I'm pleased to be back with a new episode tonight. I want to thank all of you who sent me messages saying how much you've missed the shows. Thanks for those, and for your continued support of me and the podcast. Today's guest is one of those legendary photographers whose work has not only provided him personal success, but has served to inspire generations of photographers who have come after him. Anthony Barbosa has made a career as a fashion, advertising, and street photographer, as well as a fine artist and educator. His passion has been invested not only in his photographs, but in his discussions about what it means to be an artist with a camera. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Anthony Barbosa. Well, welcome Anthony to the Candid Frame. I'm very excited to have you on the show, and thank you so much for making the time to, to speak with me today. Okay, no problem. Well, let's start off with your beginnings of, as a photographer because you've been at this for, for quite a while. But I'd really forty done... years, yeah. Yeah. So how did that how did that begin for you?
1: Wow, well, let's see. How did it begin? It's a long time ago. Okay, I came out of um, I came to New York when I was nineteen, and um, I had gotten out of high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I, uh, my aunt lived in New York and she had a poem book and I went through it and I realized that I liked photography because I used to. Uh, coming from school, stop and use bookstores and look at magazines, you know, life and look. So I decided that, um, I didn't have a, um, good grades. So I decided that I would go to, um, New York Institute of Photography at night in New York city. Um, but later I found out that after one course at night that they were teaching all wrong to me and, um, and we were using plastic reels, and I didn't think it was... Um, I found that it's not right to use plastic reels instead of to use the stainless steel to develop film. But eventually I met up with this group of black photographers called Komange Workshop at the time. And I joined them, and I learned a lot more from them. And then I was... Um, drafted in the army and I ran to the navy during Vietnam. So they put me in um, the Navy they took me in the Navy and I um I couldn't get photography school. But I was in Pensacola and they had the photography school there, but they gave me structural mechanic. When they saw how good I was as a photographer and I had, I was in some sidewalk art fairs in Pensacola, and they put me into the lab on the job training and then the next year I was a staff uh new State photographer for their uh gosport. So that's how I started. And then I got out of the navy and I um, went around trying to get a job in photography and every photographer that you went to said that um well you need experience and I didn't know anything about lighting. I knew how to photograph but I didn't know anything about lighting, so I couldn't get a job, so then I decided I would just do it myself, and I started out as a photographer, but I did get a, uh, a night job learning how to print for free with a photographer named Hugh Bell, so at night I would, you know, I would work in a darkroom, he showed me how to print better. And then I started my own little studio. Um, I think that I did that night printing before, and that free job before I went into the Navy. I think that's what happened. So when I got out, I decided that I would just become a photographer and open up a little studio. And then I started with um, working on a portfolio of fashion photography and I was hired on my first portfolio by Harper's Bazaar to do uh, shot by mail photographs. I did that for about a year, and then they would also let me do some watch ads where I would shoot the watches and also shoot some of the fashion because they were in-house advertising for certain companies. And that's how I started.
0: You've covered a a real range of of subject matter in your work. I mean when people go to your go to your website they're seeing your your portrait work, they're seeing your nude work, they're seeing some some more conceptual work. A lot of photographers oftentimes get locked into just one particular niche, but you're you've been pretty diverse. What's allowed you to be, to have that diversity?
1: Well, you have to understand that um okay, I wanted to do photography full time in whatever capacity it is I could not hold on to another job and do photography on Sunday you know things like that Um, my interest in photography is the visual the visual means uh, to me that you are putting uh, on paper on print what you sense and feel in your mind so no matter what jobs I ever did in photography I always did my own work as well I always worked in fine arts as well, because my interest was photography. Sure, I had to make a living, but I also, if I'm making a living, I'm buying film. Buying film, I can do my own work. So I would do, on spare time, in my studio, my own projects always. And sometimes I would go out on location early in the morning before... The regular day started and work on my own photography. Then in the daytime, I would do fashion shooting. So I've always been that way. Um, I guess you would call it.
0: So when you guys get together, you guys are talking primarily about that personal work. How important is it not just to produce the personal work, but to share it within a community like Kamonge?
1: That's how we learn. We put up our work in the people. Each member would criticize it. We learned that way. That is the best teacher in the world, criticizing it. But there's something else that I don't know. I know I taught NYU for a semester once and I gave everybody A's and the teacher who had hired me, the head of the department said, well, how come you did this? I said, because everybody improved. I'm not about to teach somebody photography in which they have to do it my way. I try to look within that person and see and inspire them about how they think and feel. I mean, I was able to say to students, you took one roll of film, by looking at the photographs, that's all on one roll of film. I could tell another student, oh, and I did this at... Really, well school design, I said, I can read your photographs. I said, You miss home. She was in shock. Yes, she did. I could tell by what she was doing. I'm not about because anybody can come up with new stuff, and you never know. I'm about inspiring that particular person in their particular vision to improve. This is not about some teachers going out there and teaching our students. I want you to do it my way, and they don't really look within the person, as a person and as an individual. I mean, it does; it is time-consuming, but there's a difference um, about, you know, teaching that way.
0: Don't you think that you find students struggling, though, with those things that they find passionate? Because they, they'll go, you know, I like photographing this or that, and... They imagine, I can't imagine someone else being even interested in it. And so they'll sort of become, well, they'll choose to photograph things that they see other people photographing, even though it doesn't drive them. So how do you get people past that? That's because the
1: teachers have misdirected them. Instead of seeing what they're about, they are competing. You do not compete in photography or any art form against the other person. You compete against them bettering yourself each time. You only look at your work and improve on your vision
0: let's, let's talk about some of your, your fine artwork, your personal work the first one I want to talk to you about is the Black Dreams White Sheets work.
1: Well that's the last series Yeah, I'm getting ready to start another series but that's the final series of the trilogy I mean I work on a lot of different series through the years some I continuously do But I always have one that I work on, um, and I'll work. The first one was Black Borders, which was portraits, and I worked on that for seven years. I think it was five, yeah, seven. Then I went to jazz, and I worked in the clubs for 10 years. Then I did Black Dreams, and I worked on that for nine years. But I'll do other side... um, projects that I always continuously work on throughout my life. Uh, Black Dreams was accumulation of all my thinking and my feeling about something. And I'm not in the... One time I complained to Museum of that, you know, I had sent a portfolio up and um. they called me and said, we don't understand this. And I said, well, just because you don't understand this doesn't mean it's not good. And from then on, I have a lifetime membership with Museum of Modern Art. So... Um, I'm not about going on with the trends that are going on uh, that a lot of the critics and the Museum of Modern Art and some other photography critics uh, um, decide this is the new trend. This is the new. I just do what I sense and feel through the years. That's just the way I look at it. I'm an individual and I'm doing it my way. Um, I'm over years ago of. Asking someone's opinion about my particular project. I mean, I've studied enough for 40 years about history of photography to know that um, I'm doing it this way now. I don't care whether they like it or not. This is what I'm thinking. So that's how I've always done it.
0: Well, it's interesting to see that this this particular project is this extension of the first one, the black borders, where primarily they were, were portraiture. And these these images are, are portraiture as well, but in yeah. these images mm-hmm. you use a bed and a sheet as a backdrop rather than just a simple seamless. Right. How mm-hmm. did that idea come about, and why that choice? Oh, I have no
1: idea. I have no idea. God gives you something, and I I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but I worked on a uh, uh, a year before I figured out something that. Um, if you have always just a bed there, it becomes monotonous no matter what's on the bed. So I had to extraneously put certain parts of um the um light stands or whatever in there to make it not so monotonous. And then sometimes I have some in a sepia tone and some in black and white. And Sometimes I have black sheets, sometimes I have uh, white sheets, but that there's a reason for the black sheet, there's a reason for the white sheet. So, um, And I can't go all into that because it's really involved. I always try to think on multiple levels uh, in my thinking. And although um, I have always been against, in my first series and my second series, being literal in photography, I got to the point that I could be literal to a certain degree, but you still won't get the whole glimpse of what I'm talking about even though I'm more little in the last series. The last series is the accumulation of everything I grew up and learned in my own way of doing it. So there's symbolism, everything in there. It has a lot to do with a lot of different things. Uh, my fears, my desires, my loves, whatever, it's all there. Everything to me is autobiographical, including the first series, the second series, and the third series that are the main series I've done, it's always talking about you cannot photograph uh, without living a life. And you cannot write, you cannot paint without explaining something about yourself, even though it's not readily um, visual or in a certain way readily um, noticed by other people. But it's always there. Everybody does it. Whether they like it or not. You cannot hide from yourself.
0: Did this series begin this particular series with with the bad begin with some what of one image in mind? And then did you start thinking, Oh, I could probably do a series of this or did you already have Oh in
1: no, mind? no, no, no. Oh no, no, no. I no, it's um I started thinking that I could do a lot of different things. And I could do more, but sometimes I cut things. That's it. I'm not doing any more of that. I go on to the next thing. No, I don't have one even with the portrait, even with the other series. No, it's always that. And I always use one lens and one camera. When I work on a series, I don't change lenses and I don't change cameras. The series is done with this camera and this lens. The next series is done with Well, on the jazz series because I was in clubs and there's so much of that, no one's ever I had never even seen all of it. I mean, I spent 10 years every night. I have thousands and thousands of photographs in jazz clubs. But I had to use, according to the distance I was from the bandstand, I had to use different lenses for that particular series. But that was that, you know. And then when I went to the Black Dream series, it was just one lens always. Well, the, the... I don't mess around with lenses and stuff like that, you know.
0: Well, the jazz series is, is amazing. You, you capture so much of the energy of what was happening in these clubs. You're not just capturing these portraits of people in action. You really get a sense of the vibrancy that was happening.
1: Um, well, it's a feeling. It's a sense of being there. Lots of times I go in a club and not photograph much at all because I would just, gotta just listen to the music. Uh, I believe that you do not find the photograph, the photograph finds you. In all instances, the photograph really finds you. It's spiritual to me. The photograph finds you.
0: What's fascinating about these images is that you include a lot of motion in there. Not just camera motion, but the subject motion. These are pictures that aren't the crisp, tack-sharp pictures that everyone is sort of taught to expect from from an image. and it's well yeah, things- because
1: music flows, right? It's a rhythm. So I'm into the same rhythm. You know what everybody else when I looked at all the history of everybody was doing according to the equipment too, but not really according to equipment, music moves. It vibrates your bones and your body. It vibrates and music is universal. Music is the highest art form. You know that, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah music can relate to everyone so it it moves it moves me and I move and the musicians are moving you know there's an energy there that's the energy that's always amazed me you know they got a lot of but you know a lot of the before they would oh here's a famous musician this is not about famous musicians uh, this is about uh, the music. They would There's Charlie Parker, so let me get a good shot of him. Uh, Crisp and everything. That's not what I was doing. I was working on the mood and the sense of the music.
0: Let's talk about the images that you have in a category called expressions. And these are images that involve some manipulation of the medium, either the print medium or or somehow with the image itself. Tell me about exploring this aspect of, of photography rather than just producing, say, a straight photograph out of the camera. What appeals to you about this process?
1: The expressions, I'm trying you know, I never look at that website. <laughs> 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 I don't <put> on any more <laughs> expressions. Um, Gee. Um, gee, what's on there? I can't remember.
0: You have an image of Miles. That <laughs> done so long. You have an image of uh-huh. Miles uh, with his horn, and the color is sort of um, got a bunch of speckles and lines, and he's sort of, I think, in a leather jacket. You have oh,
1: some, uh, but that's an, art. That's, a, that's an art piece. I created some of that with um, his birth and death and all that. Um, that's a constructed piece.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing here is a variety of different constructed pieces. Yeah. Appears.
1: So that's uh, on my feeling about him.
0: But you have several. And is images. there some
1: self-portraits in that expressions too? There's some self-portraits in
0: that series. There's one um, well, with um, a, a fellow with dreads, with his. It looks like his tongue is hanging out, and he's in. Yeah, yeah. Mugs. Those are
1: all. That's with a 20 by 24 camera. Oh, okay. That Polaroid. Yeah, that was done with the Polaroid. They let me use the cameras. Those are all expressions. Um, One of them on there, I don't know if it's on there. Um, He's got his tongue hanging out. That's right. And he's got dreads on? Correct. Right, okay. All those little squiggles and everything? Right. That's passages. That's about slavery. The quarry shells in there? That's all about um, slavery, that's why there's all those squiggly lines on there. I etched onto the the Polaroid print. I etched on there. So that's about slavery passages.
0: Well, they're beautiful mm-hmm. images, and it's interesting to see that that. Well, anytime I see people who choose to not just produce an I- image on print, but start playing around with the actual print itself in order to
1: yeah, complete I did that video. for a while, yeah. You know, I've done a lot of different things through the years.
0: So experimentation is a big <laughs> I part even of your remember. <laughs> So experiment experimentation is a big part of your process.
1: Right, right. And you if you go on a uh, another website called Boz B-O-Z I M A G E dot com, that's in France. And there's a lot of different photographs in there. So I send them some of my favorite images. So they have a lot on there. That's more update, but it's not in, um, not in categories. Okay. Uh, the lady just mixes them all up, but she loves the work. So she puts everything up there. So there's a lot on there.
0: Well, you're a hard guy Um, to nail down. There might be new
1: stuff on there too.
0: Yeah. Well, you're a hard guy to nail down in terms of categories because your work is, is so diverse. Um, that can be kind of a challenge for a photographer because they feel, in terms of me being able to make a career or, or, or establish a name for myself, I have to become a specialist. Or oh no,
1: I don't disagree with that. I don't. Dis- I concentrate mainly on fashion, but I always still did fine arts. But I concentrate mainly on fashion in the beginning. But when I got out of navy, I wanted to work for Life Magazine. That's what I wanted to do, and they folded. But I eventually worked for Life Magazine for a short time, um, for about a year. So I eventually got my dream, because I'm a photojournalist. I'm a street photographer. We call us ash can photographers. In the beginning, that's what I did.
0: Ash can photography?
1: I just learned fashion so I could make some money. But I enjoyed it, because I like people. So.
0: Well, that shows in your images, and that's... Do you think that's something that people can lear- learn? I mean, a lot of people want to photograph people. And then there are certain photographers who just have a natural ability to engage with someone. And for it, other people, it's a does, lot of
1: It involves your personality. I'm a, I am ai was a book person. I was like a nerd in school. A book person. Um, it That's why some people do still life time. They can't bother with people. You know, that's it's something that you can develop. It goes along everything is intertwined. Your personality is intertwined with what you do. What you no matter what you do, it's all about you. You know, it's like um for many years I looked at Annie was I said, Annie was you just shock value photographs and then I can't even look at them anymore. You know, it's just then she understood later on that okay, the subtleties like jazz music every time you look at it you see something different or you hear something different like the music she developed that through years she was about but this is how she got over she did all shock value photographs first but shock value photographs did not last when every that's really 100% literal you don't want 100% literal in your photographs once you do that that's you know, that's photojournalism, you know, the 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 war and all that. They don't last. After a while, you know, somebody slaps you in the face a hundred times and then it don't affect you anymore. So that's how I look at that.
0: So how how it's does an image subtle. So how how do you define that, that difference between something literal and something that can cons-
1: Well, that is very difficult. And then again, also, after a while, my old not shock value to me, even though they were shock value to other people. The vision, they're not to me. Um, my, oh,
0: okay. my, my last question is always to ask a photographer to suggest or recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. So who would that be for you and why? Oh, who? It's a tough one.
1: Who impresses me? Who impresses me? If you impress me, then it's your mind. So um, as a painter, Delacroix impresses me. As a poet, uh, George Luis Borges impresses me. Um, as a photographer, Bill Brand impresses me. Bill Brand.
0: Well, thank you so much for, for your time this morning, and uh, thanks for, for your patience as well. I really, I really do appreciate that. Thanks for joining me for another episode. If you have any comments or suggestions, email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. You can also join our community of listeners on Twitter, Flickr, and Facebook. Links to each can be found on the homepage. And you can now download episodes directly to your iPod or iPhone using the Candid Frame app available now on the iTunes Store. Till next time, this is Ibarian X Pirello and this is The Candid Frame.